give thanks to God. It happens all over the world, actually, harvest in different ways. And at different times, actually, today, what is it today, the 6th of, 5th of October or something, isn't necessarily a day that everybody celebrates harvest. Some people might celebrate it later. You at school might have harvest in a few weeks' time during assemblies at school. I certainly know they do here at Heron because they've invited one or two of us to come and take uh, the harvest assemblies, which would be wonderful. So, giving thanks to God. If you're in America, they do it on a fixed date, but they don't call it harvest, they call it Thanksgiving. And they do it in November, and it's a little bit like Christmas. They have a turkey. Okay, can you just imagine all around the table, there's all this food and a big turkey in the middle, and it's the tradition in America to do Thanksgiving. And I came across a story while I was preparing this morning um, about a family that have a number of traditions, and I guess bit like Christmas, really. We all have our traditions with uh, different things going on and the way that we do things. Well, in America, this family had a tradition with Thanksgiving. As when they all sat down at the meal table, they would all take it in turns to say a prayer of thanks to God. And they would each have a turn from the oldest all the way down to the youngest. And that included a little five-year-old boy. And he looked at the turkey in front of him and he said, I'm going to pray for the turkey. Now, the turkey was dead, but he understood that there was a lot that went in to get the turkey where it is on the table ready to eat. So he started off by saying, thank you to God for the turkey and thankful for the fact that even though I haven't eaten it yet, it looks wonderful and it's going to taste great. And we're really thankful, God, for the turkey. And then he thought and he said, oh, thank you, God, for money who cooked the turkey, who's made it really nice and tasty. Then he thought a bit more and he went, thank you for daddy, who paid for the turkey and went and bought it. And then he thought some more and he went, oh, thank you for the shopkeeper that sold it to us and thank you for the, the delivery man that got it to the shop and thank you for the farmer that raised the turkey and thank you for the man that gave the grain to be able to feed the turkey. Lots of people involved that he was thanking God for his turkey. And he stopped for a minute and he said, have I forgotten anybody? And his older brother rolled his eyes and went, you've forgotten God. And so without a blink, he just said, yes, I was getting to him. <laughs> and best of all, Lord, we thank you, God, for what you give us. So that was their tradition. It's right, isn't it, to be thankful. It's right to be thankful. And it's right not to forget God. God makes all of the things. He gives us everything. And that's what harvest is. It's about being thankful. There are lots of people in the Bible, of course, that are very thankful. I was trying to think of all the different characters that are thankful. Who to pick on? I picked on Paul. Paul the Apostle. Paul writes a big section of the New Testament. He writes lots of letters to lots of different people. And I think in pretty much every single one of them, you get Paul saying thank you. Let me give you some examples. He says in Romans, God be thanks in Romans 7, and I thank God in Romans 7. Then in Corinthians, he says, thanks be unto God. We give thanks to God, he says in Colossians, and then giving thanks unto the Father, he says further on in Colossians. When he writes to the Thessalonians, he says, we thank God without ceasing. And then to Timothy, when he's writing to Timothy, two separate times, the first time he says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord. And then the second letter he says, I thank God. 
goes on to thank not just God, but he thanks for the others. He says, I thank God for you all to the Romans. I thank my God always on your behalf to the Corinthians. I cease not to give thanks for you, Corinthians. We give thanks to God who always for you all to the Thessalonians. And it goes on and on and on. Paul was very thankful. Why was Paul very thankful? Well, first of all, he was thankful for the fact that he knew that he, when he wasn't called Paul, who can tell me what Paul was called before he was called Paul? I don't know. You don't know? I won't ask you. I'll ask Lucy. So, when, won't go to the story now because we haven't got a lot of time this morning, but Saul was totally the opposite to Paul. It was the same person, different names, but when he was Saul, he hated everything to do with Jesus. And then one day, Jesus stepped into his life and made a massive difference. And he ended up probably loving Jesus more than, well, most people. He loved Jesus for the change that he'd made in his life. And that's why he constantly, constantly said, thank you. We're going to look at a story this morning. And the story is found in Luke. If you haven't got a Bible, don't worry. It's just listen to the words. And it's a story about when Jesus was invited to the house of somebody called a Pharisee. And I'm just going to read it and then I'm going to explain it a little bit more and see what we can learn from this story this morning. If you've got a Bible, it's in Luke chapter 7, starting at verse 36. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town, who lived a sinful life, learned that Jesus was eaten at the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar full of perfume. As she stood behind him, at his feet, weeping, she was crying, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them from the jar. When the Pharisee who had invited him, saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is and that she is a sinner. And Jesus answered him, Simon, that was the name of the Pharisee, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii, that was about a year's wages. And the other 50, that was about a month. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of them both. Now which one of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You judge correctly, said Jesus. Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman hasn't stopped kissing my feet since the time we got here. You did not put any oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you how many sins have been forgiven as her love is great and has her great love has shown 
But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. When Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven, the other guests began to say to one another, who is this that even forgives sins? And Jesus says to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go free. Just want you to picture the scene for a minute. The Pharisees generally weren't very nice people. They were people that were out to get Jesus because they didn't like Jesus. Jesus was just stirring it up so much and causing so much trouble. It was so much better before Jesus turned up. So any opportunity they could get to trick Jesus was an opportunity not to miss. Simon, one of the Pharisees, probably thought, I've got a plan. I'm going to invite him round for tea. I'll find a way of tripping him up, and that'll give me a bit more street cred amongst all my other Pharisee friends. If I can trip Jesus up, that will be the way to do it. Problem is, Jesus, generally speaking, drew a crowd. So although he probably invited all his Pharisee friends around, and they were going to have a bit of a tea and bust up Jesus in a bit of a conversation, a lot of people turned up for tea. And actually, this woman snuck in the back door. Now, this woman wouldn't normally be invited to this Pharisee's house. He would have had nothing to do with her. She was awful. And the fact that he, not only she snuck in the room, but she'd got right next to Jesus' feet. He probably looked up, saw it, and was horrified at the situation. But then realizes, ah, this is a way to trip up Jesus. However, Jesus saw better than that. He is so different, thought the woman. Why was she there, do you think? She obviously knew about Jesus. Maybe she, she'd heard him before and just realized that what he had was the complete opposite to what she was. And she wanted that. She wanted to be close to him. And what she does for Jesus shows a number of things. It shows that she had complete respect for Jesus. The Pharisees should have washed his feet. When they were walking around um, in sandals and when there were lots of donkeys and, and camels around, there's always a bit of muck on the floor. And your feet were never particularly clean. So actually when you arrived at a house, and the Pharisees' house, they would have had jars full of water to wash your feet. Certainly before you sat down for a meal. It says in the passage, he reclined at the table. That kind of means that they don't sit up at tables like you and I might do at home. They, they kind of spread themselves out and his feet would have been behind him. Maybe in the face of the person next to him, I don't know. So it was always good to have clean feet. But he hadn't washed his feet. He hadn't offered him any water. But the lady shows him respect and shows love for Jesus in washing his feet, not with water, but her own tears and her hair. It was an amazing thing that happened. And it really put that Pharisee on a bit of a back foot, really, as he suddenly realized that he hadn't been respectful for Jesus. He hadn't shown the love that he should have done for Jesus. And he hadn't been as thankful as this lady was. There's some key points from this story that I just want us to understand this morning as we come to an end this morning. Firstly this. She wanted to come to Jesus because 
she realized that she needed Jesus and she showed love for him. She was thankful. Thankful for what Jesus could do for her. And that's the first thing that we need to remember at Harvest is we need to be first thankful before we do anything else. If you notice in this service, one of the first things we did is we talked about all the things that we could be thankful for. And that's something that we need to take into our everyday lives. Whatever the situation, however general, we must always put Jesus first and be thankful to Jesus. Secondly, this. And it, you get it right at the end of the story. When Jesus forgives her sins, it really caused a stir amongst those Pharisees that were there. But actually, what we're most thankful for when we know and love Jesus isn't for the things that are great, there's nothing wrong with the food and all the things you talked about. But the biggest thing to be thankful for Jesus is that he, and only he, forgives our sins. Without Jesus, yes, we can be thankful for the rain and the giraffes and the food and everything else, but without Jesus and what he did for us, wow, that's the biggest thanks, isn't it? The biggest thanks that goes to Jesus. We're going to pray about that and then we're going to sing a song to end and then there's going to be an opportunity to, to look at the cakes, maybe give some donations to some cakes, maybe eat some cakes. There's going to be some drinks and some tea and coffee. There's some leftover grapes and apples as well that you can have from Roots yesterday. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the fact that Jesus makes a massive difference to people's lives. Lord, we thank you for the fact that his love for us and what he did for us when he died for us is what makes that difference. Lord, help us to remember to be forever thankful for that. Lord, we thank you for all the things we talked about earlier. We thank you for, for the things that we need. And, and Lord, we are so privileged, particularly in this country, the freedoms that we have to worship you. We are thankful for it. But the biggest thing of all, Lord, is we're thankful for your gift to us in Jesus. And we praise your name through it. In Jesus' name. Amen.